the first time you have to take the test again? Or how does that work when you're about to take the Yes. So pretty much when you... Sorry. It's okay. When you pretty much don't pass the first time, mm-hmm. you get your results and then you're having to take it again, whether or not you passed or not. And I believe because the exam is on demand, you know, uh-huh. so you may have to wait a couple of months. Oh, wow. To retest again. So it's okay. in your best interest to kind of pass the first time. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't, just expect that there may be a delay before you can retest. Which can also be a good thing because they give you that time to study as well, right? Depending on how emergent you're wanting your results and what you want to do. That's I mean, like, if you want your results fast because you want to become a sub-teacher mm-hmm. and you want to start making that money uh-huh. and get your permit, uh-huh. you need to have it all square and done. That's true. What is a routine like in a classroom? Okay. This this varies amongst um, age. If you wanted to go, say, elementary, we could say that. Elementary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually the routine, mm-hmm. I've worked in many different schools, mm-hmm. so they're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually the routine in the morning is that the children are dropped off to eat breakfast mm-hmm. or they're playing outside. Mm-hmm. And once the bell rings or once the time is to start school, mm-hmm. Children, you know, either the teachers will go get those children mm-hmm. uh, where they're lined up or the parents will, you know, um, they they have a designated spot where they need to line up so their teachers can retrieve them. So once that happens, uh-huh. they walk them to their classrooms and before they get into their classrooms, the teacher kind of just gives a little blurb about what is expected, what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm before they go in there so sometimes you may have the chatty Kathy sometimes <laughs> you may have these kids that are squirming yeah. not listening so you really need to go and um, re re teach your expectations mm-hmm. so it sounds like you know okay boys and girls you know oh I see so and so's listening mm-hmm. I see so and so's listening I'm waiting for everybody to have listening ears before mm-hmm. I can pro- um, go forward yeah and so you know once you get everybody compliant then at that time, when I have all their attention, I observe, you know, that they do tell them what to what it, we're going to do. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to go inside, put our backpacks in. You're going to start with your morning work. Uh-huh. Um, and then once you hear the bell, then, you know, we'll talk about next steps and what to do next. Yeah. And so um, sometimes they may have morning work. Sometimes they may have um, morning calendar uh-huh. or a morning group. And then after they have that morning group, um, usually it's a break into groups. Mm-hmm. If the teacher does it that way, then they start one rotation of groups. Then after that first group, it's time for recess. They go outside, eat their snack, go to recess. When they come back in, they finish group two and three mm-hmm. in the routine. And then by the time the third uh, group is done, usually it's time for lunch so they're washing hands going to the bathroom getting ready to go to lunch they Uh go to lunch they come back depending on what the teacher's routine is whether they're having to rest for five or ten minutes and the other teacher reads a book to them for a little bit or they have a cool down period and then they're getting into math or Mm -hmm. science or social studies or whatever they're working on then they continue and proceed forward like that and then um, the day goes so 
some teachers kind of work in blocks. So we're doing this between this period and this period. Mm-hmm. And then we'll transition from this period to this period. And then usually it's like an afternoon stretch or you're going to um, have outdoor PE. And you're going to come in and then you're going to sometimes they let them go on their tech to go on like prodigy uh-huh. or they have you know things that they're working on that are that don't require so much brain energy <laughs> do you think now because of COVID-19 when they do resume back to school do you think the routine's gonna look a whole lot different than it was before absolutely there's gonna be a lot more precautionaries mm-hmm. um there's gonna be a lot more repetitious um (laughs) directives you know I really think that some of the educators may get a little peeved because not all these kids are going to be wanting to wear the masks yeah (laughs) absolutely and there may be some non-compliance there um and so you're expected by the adhere to these uh rules and Mm -hmm. you know and if they're the children are non-complying or the adults are non-complying then that makes it our job a lot harder. So I could totally see how this this year is going to take a toll on mm-hmm. the educators, not only um, career-wise, but social-emotionally. You know? Yeah, because there's so much n- new things that they're going to have to adapt and change that they never had to before. And having this new change for them, you know, for the younger ones, going to be like, well, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It was never like this, you know? Mm-hmm. The new normal. Yeah, I just whatever re- that means. Mm-hmm. I really <laughs> should, think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should you network with other people who are in the field, even if they not be in the same district as you? Or should you just stay with the same people that you work with? I think when it comes to the specifics, uh, mm-hmm. like with the case by case, you know, with children, with your group mm-hmm. of children, mm-hmm. um, it's a, there's barriers of confidentiality that you cannot cross. So sometimes it's just easier. Oh, to I just collaborate. know that. Mm-hmm. So you need to. It's just easier to collaborate mm-hmm. with your cohort or with the p- other educators on your um, site. However, okay. if it's a generalistic topic, then mm-hmm. um, there is no harm in asking an, another educator from another site just mm-hmm. uh, about their strategies, skills, and experiences. Hosting a conversation or going to visit their classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep in mind that um, with the with not being able to cross the lines of barriers of confidentiality, you cannot include a child's name or any specifics that would give away who that child was, because that is a very big deal with school districts. Um, So I don't think there's any harm in collaboration. They can absolutely Mm -hmm. serve as a. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I just think it, it just depends on the individualistic need. If it's something that is pertaining to your small group, uh, I would just stay with your team. But mm-hmm. if it's something that has to do more generalized information, mm-hmm. there's no harm in collaboration with others. Just keep in mind that each school district has their own methods and strategies and policies and procedures. So one may not look like the other. And therefore, that in itself is different. Different and your answer may be different just depending 
on what the expectations are. And I never knew that, you know, because you saying this, I always thought, you know, because they're all the districts, you know, they're all little kids, you know, I think think that they would all have the same rules that apply with another district. I would never have thought that would be like such a big deal, I guess. Absolutely. You know, and and I'll share with you one example of how tedious it is. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one time where I was facilitating with a family Mm -hmm. and I had used a generalized experience Mm -hmm. of what had happened during our play group. Mm -hmm. I did not say the child's name, but I talked because I talked about the experience and that parent knew who I was talking about. Uh-huh. They were very delicate and they went to tell. Wow. And I pretty much uh, got scolded for not adhering to the barriers of confidentiality, even though I did not say yeah. the name. Um, that parent just felt like if Miss Monique is going to generally talk about students experiences with me mm-hmm. who's to say that my child and his actions are private yeah so I guess you're gonna I have to ha- go hand in hand between you and the parent absolutely so um and I just thought okay well I didn't say his name why am I still getting in trouble yeah so well, there's a very fine line that I had to learn very quickly mm-hmm. educator it- any last advice you would want to give someone that wants to go into the education field, but it's kind of hesitant about it, or just advice in general about the education field that maybe can improve somebody? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, when starting out, sometimes mm-hmm. we are indecisive in what we want to do, and that's okay. Just know that if you are starting out, like at a junior college, I would recommend to just start all your general yeah. education courses because you're going to need those no matter where your career definition is, unfortunately. So um, if you're really adamant about becoming an educator, I would advise you to talk to the academic advisor of the department of the field that you want to go into, not the counselor an academic advisor. Why do I say that? Because the academic advisor is going to be the specialist. And they already have that knowledge. The field. They're going to, uh-huh. They're going to know how to double dip classes. Okay. This mm-hmm. child development class is going to count for this and this, this child development class is going to get you this permit. So you're going to want to do this way or do that. So they serve as more of a resource for me than the general counselors at the junior college level. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the biggest tip somebody had, had given me. And, and that is something that I could definitely pass on to somebody else. Um, also, um, it's okay to visit sites. It's okay to go and observe mm-hmm. if you're uncertain of what the routine looks like. Um, I would just maybe call and see if that's possible for you to do like a visit. Um and just show your interest in, in possibly going into the field because that way you kind of know what you're in for day in and day out. Um, you don't want to go through all of this academic coursework. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this no. is what you want to <laughs> sign up for. And then at the end of it, exactly. And that happens more oftentimes than not that yeah. they get there and they're just like, oh, man, I wish this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I did all this work. Well, it's too yeah. late. I already did all this work. So now I'm stuck. I would say go visit. I would say sub. I would say volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of get your feet wet. Um, if you, you know, it's a possibility for you to be a sub substitute paraprofessional mm-hmm. or substitute something. Um, that route as well. When I was a substitute teacher, I really defined the age and groups that I wanted to work with and what I didn't want to work with. I learned that for me, it's K, K3 and, and that, that, it's that's what you felt most comfortable and, and working with. 
absolutely. I do not. <laughs> I don't, don't blame you no on that part. Call, I'm not <laughs> yep. The easier they love learning, they love school, they love their teachers, and that's where I want to be when that joy and passion for education is is very present you, at those earlier years. Do of you think it's important to also have influence. a mentor to kind of guide you in your beginning years? Not even in your beginning years, but just throughout your education life. Just the last question that I wanted to add. Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. having a mentor does serve um, its purpose, just to kind of help guide you and help not waste um, your time. I know as mm-hmm. a first time college graduate uh, from my family, <laughs> I was like a chicken with my head cut off. What, who, where? I didn't know what to do. So I was really reliant um, mm-hmm. on my professors. And, yeah. you know, me, I keep it real. So I went up to one of them and I said, you know, I kind of feel lost and I don't feel like this. Um, counselor is helping yeah. me get the classes that I need I, need some I just want to make sure I'm on the right pathway and so uh-huh so then that's when that professor shared about the advisor advisory person of so the make child sure to ask questions and talk to cohort people that way you can get mm-hmm. in the right hands to help you find the right mentor because uh, that one exactly. person may not be right for you and then they might know somebody else that might be the right fit absolutely and no, and it's not to be dismissive on any of the um, counselors as as or anything like that. I know that in specific experience, there have been circumstances mm-hmm. where I was almost close graduating, and then it's like, oh nope, you needed this one class. Like for you this didn't degree. tell and me it's this. Like, wait, I, the counselor, the yeah, the counselor uh-huh. did my ed plan. What's going on? Like I thought it aligned with my academic advisor or whatever. So yeah, they weren't on the same page. So I was following the pathway mm-hmm. from my counselor that the counselor gave me. I should have I should have followed the pathway that the academic advisor gave me, um, because I would I would be able to double dip some classes and kind of fulfill all of my needs without yeah we don't want to waste some of my time what we need to um, be <laughs> exactly. So I would say that absolutely, if you know a mentor, it's absolutely. Um, imperative that you get one even if it's not in the beginning stages but at some point in your career I know that I had a mentor Mm -hmm. as a home-based educator and she would help me facilitate Mm -hmm. and strategize my skills and abilities and help me define and see things that um, I could tailor to um, advance my performance and delivery and that to me you know I didn't have a mentor like that at the beginning of my education but now that I'm in the field um it's very important, especially when you want to define your skills and abilities, because you're going to learn yeah, that one child is not like yep. the next. So you, you absolutely. So you need to be versatile in your skills. And sometimes having that extra eye or those extra set of eyes mm-hmm. to make an observation, they're going to catch on to things that. Yeah. We- and that's when growth happens and that's the okay the, the last mentor. thing is do you have any um basically any last you know word to say to anyone just like a like a hey you should go for it or feel intimidated kind of thing yes absolutely i would just say the biggest advice that i have for anybody entering the education <laughs> field is just to follow your yeah. heart and I know that sounds very, um, very corny. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you really have to follow 
your intrinsication and your heart. Sometimes we have these ideas like, oh, I want to work with kids, but I don't know if I know how, or I won't want to be an educator. I won't know how to do Mm -hmm. it. I had those notes and I still went for it. I still did the classes. I, I subbed. I was nervous, but you just have to jump in there. And I had a superintendent one time mm-hmm. tell me, because I was in transition from being a paraprofessional to a substitute teacher. And he goes, I said, well, you know what? I'll just stay comfortable being a para. And he goes, Monique, that's, that's you're graduating with advice. a bachelor's. Are you going to sink or are you going to swim? Or yeah. And I, he's like, are you going to fly or are you not? And I was like, oh, I he's guess like, I'm I knew flying. You could do it. And he looked at me and he smiled so big and he said, good choice. Good choice. Because I feel like he a lot says, of times uncomfortable. we There's get a lot of growth to our comfort zone. And so, I don't think just with teaching, but just uh, teaching in general, we tend to be in our comfort zone because that's our safe spot. <laughs> and when something that's uncomfortable, we don't want to do it because it's not like the normal for us. Mm -hmm, absolutely Mm -hmm. and I think that I can detest to growth happening with the uncomfortable Uh where I